No matter what walk of life you're from, a 40-hour minimum work week doesn't allow for much of any other boundary to exist. But somehow people make it work. But more times than not, you're hearing about people being spread thin. Oh, yeah, it definitely can be difficult. But outside of those 40 hours, there can also be other boundaries that you need to set with people. Yeah. Friendships, relationships, with family. All the ships. (laughs) The Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Oh, my gosh. What is actually up, everybody? I am looking directly into your eyeballs, looking into your souls, and I'm really asking you. <laughs> now that we're all uncomfortable, welcome to normalize. I'm not uncomfortable. <laughs> did I you, actually would you feel connected? That. Okay, because yes, I wanted I to. I wanted you to feel connected. Yeah, as I do you feel listen. connected. Yes. Listen with your eyeballs, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to normalize this. The show where we discuss whether or not ideas, trends, and behaviors should be normalized in everyday society. I'm Danielle Young. And I'm still not uncomfortable. I'm very comfortable. (laughs) And I'm Adam Rippon. Cozy even, as Beyonce would say. And today we're going to discuss normalizing boundaries. Boundaries. I'm excited to have this conversation because I feel like I'm, I think I'm bad at having boundaries. But listen, perspective, is it bad or are you boundless? (laughs) I think I see, yeah, I have no bounty. I think that's, that's what it is. Are you boundless? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to dig into it because I think that we're going to have a great conversation. I do too. I feel like it's going to be, uh. Very revealing. Yeah, I think it will. And and make sure that you stick with us later because later in the show, we will be playing a game that we have every episode called Keep It or Curb It. And Danielle mm. and I will decide if we love it or if it's got to go to the curb. That's yeah. that's how we do it here. We play we it. drag it out. We're straight shooters. Drag it to the garbage. Right to the trash. <laughs> and before we actually dig all the way in, because you know we will, so get your knife and fork. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. Hit us up on social medias, you know, DM, slide, get on in there and tell us what you want to see normalized. My handles are the Danielle Young, T H E, Danielle Young on Instagram and Rapsodanny, R H A P S O D A N I on Twitter. Adam, can they at you? They can. And on Instagram, <laughs> that's at Adam Rip. And on Twitter, it's at Adam Ripon. So, like Danielle said, anything that we should be normalizing, just let us know and we will do our best. Listen, I answer my DMs. I uh, do too sometimes. Know. Sometimes I, really I forget. Have a good time tapping through there. It's, it's some treasures. I know. I do love it. I, that, that's my favorite part about Instagram. And actually, just like social media in general. There's some like, treasures in them DMs. There's always a treasure. <laughs> Don't forget also, y'all, like this relationship that we're in, it requires for us to work together. So yes. while you're out here listening, getting all the fruits that we're just, you know, all the fruit that we're gifting you. Don't forget mm-hmm. you have to rate us. Let us know how the fruit tastes and feels. Yes. 
feel like please. that was a, a metaphor, an analogy, a something. But basically, we just want y'all to subscribe, review. You know, just give us give us all the love you can and make sure the lights stay on. Thank you. We <laughs> want the lights on, please. Or do we turn them? Off. I don't know. You're I right. Want the I don't option know. To turn them on, but I do want them off. Yes, but we still want five stars in a review, and you can do it. And subscribe. It's not. It's it's not asking too much. It's asking just enough. Just the bare minimum. Okay, now we can get into the show because I got to get into these boundaries. Yeah, I'm but, ready. But wait, I lied. Yeah, because you know I like to do my fun fact. You do. Maybe you, you can do. tell me a fun fact about some boundaries that, that don't exist. But I would love to hear your fun fact, Adam. Okay, my fun fact is that my throat. <laughs> has been on fire for like three days. And I think I've come to the, I've come to the realization that I think that I have strep throat, but I didn't know that that existed still. Like First, I knew it did, but I thought it was like a children's worry. <laughs> a children's disease. Yeah, I didn't think it was like I'd be doing this again. There's a lot to unpack here. First, I must say my throat dot, dot, dot was amazing. I didn't Thank know where you. we were going to go from there. What a roller coaster. I didn't know where I was going to lead you. So it was a two-way street. It was a fun fact. I was really ready. I was holding on to the edges of my desk. Mm-hmm. And? I let, I let go. Okay. Once you said- <laughs> yeah. You have to let go. Once Anytime you- <laughs> I'm about to speak, you have to let go and just kind of like let go. Well, yeah. Once you said it was burning, I, I did let go. But then I held on a little bit. But yes. Yeah, so I think also what to unpack from this is that people can still get things. Diseases, germs. People are getting polio. I'm running the, uh, I didn't want to laugh directly into the mic about that. <laughs> I know, I know, polio, polio is hit hilarious. Hard. It really did. But yeah, I mean, people are doing that, so I guess strep throat is. Strep throat, I mean, the germs are out, and I think honestly, it feels like a kid's disease because we were like a little uh, petri dish when we were children, going from yes. like our protected homes and whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. to like out in the world with all the people and their germs and. Most, you know, most of us had to do vaccinations for the chicken pox and the whatever's whatever's, but we still got sick. Like you had to send your kid out into the world to like get some germs to yeah, build up their a, immune system. That was a big thing yeah. growing up like in the 90s. It was like, get sick. Get your kid out into the world to get some germs so they can mm-hmm. survive them and um, build up their immune system. So I feel like we've been locked away for these couple of years. And so coming back out... Our throats are like, what is this? Right. They're like, get me strep again. <laughs> so that's what that's my fun fact. And I hope is yours more fun. Actually about my mouth as well. Oh, I love it. So okay. my mouth. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, um, I'm holding that, onto my see desk. See how fun that was? So yeah, I <laughs> have a tooth gym. I went to a black market flea. Um, an event here in LA over the weekend and I got a tooth gym, literally so, a cute little gym placed on one of my teeth. Um, I have a few questions. <laughs> how did you decide what tooth? Yes. And then how long does it last? So uh, I have a grill, which is really how I even decided to get this done because I've known that they do this, and I, I have a dentist in New York. Shout out to Dr. Bobby. Who hey, also, Dr. Bobby. Hey, girl. Um, she also does these tooth gems, and I've always been interested, but I was like, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
And so then when I saw him there, the guy that did my grill, I was like, oh, let me just try now. And because I have a little, two little grill uh, teeth, two on each side, I have a, another fun fact. I actually have vampire teeth, like vampire fangs. And like, love. Not this like. This gets better and better and it has just keeps n- going. less and less to do with tooth gems. I know, but I have like, like my natural teeth. I have two like pointy teeth um, on both sides. So and you have natural vampire teeth. Natural vampire teeth. And got so it. I got a grill for that tooth and the tooth beside it. And the ones beside that vampire tooth, I got open face. So I was like, oh, I would love to get a gem on one of the open face so that when I put my grill in, I can still wear it, but also so that the jewel comes through the little open face. So that's how I chose what tooth. And then I wanted it on one side, not on both. Wow. Okay. What's <laughs> open face? So if I have a grill on a tooth, like the whole okay, tooth is covered. I also didn't realize a grill could be one tooth. Yeah, you can. You get realize like caps. this is. I'm learning. Oh, okay, so yeah, these you, are, you can caps. just like cap it. You can just cap individual teeth. You don't yeah. need to get like it's not like a retainer. That's yeah, what you don't have to get the whole thing all the way across. You can get like two. You can get one. You can get three. You can get four. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. okay. I like that. Yeah, so you're not married to all of your teeth, do you know? Yeah. And uh, what's life like with gemmed teeth? Different? You know, it's it's not as different as it would be with life with like a face piercing. I feel like it's noticeable when I speak, when I smile, you can see it. It's like a cute little bling. You're like, oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you I'm a cartoon character love. where my teeth actually go bling. I love that. I love anything that will kind of glisten in, in light. So <laughs> anything I am that a huge fan of sun. this. Yeah. You might see me with a mouthful of gems soon. <laughs> I would not be terrified about that and in the slightest. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> and I'm glad that we've crossed that boundary because... Wow. Wow. Re- I know. I know. What an expert level segue into our episode of Normalizing Boundaries. Well, I'm with an expert podcaster <laughs> yourself. And so I'm I just trying best. to step it up. But Danielle, boundaries are essential to keeping bonds without causing tension and resentment and work Mm. in friendships and relationships and family. Danielle, in every ship. All the ships need boundaries. That's what we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to normalize which boundaries make sense for us in 2023, how to set them and how to protect them. Oh, that sounds delicious. Let's eat up. I'm excited to have this conversation because I feel like you probably have better boundaries than I do. It is a journey, Adam. I think you think I have it a lot more together than I do. I am in the process always of pulling my pieces together. But I think my boundaries have been better over the years, especially this last year. I don't know if this is going to sound like an unpopular opinion or whatever, but I have prioritized my selfish living. You know, just really putting myself first and doing what I need to do to take care of me and things like that. And so I've been implementing them a lot. Even, you know, I have this day job and typically I am known to stay through a day job um, however long it takes or however long it takes. I think it takes to get this particular thing done or to make sure I'm setting myself up 
for less of a crazy morning the next day. But mm-hmm. I work at, I've worked in production and stuff, so I've stayed late, late, late. Right. And I don't want that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not that girl. I don't even have that to give. Like, here we are on this podcast, you know, after the work day. After so hours. I, after hours, yeah. So, like, I have other things that I need to dedicate my energy and my time to. So, I can't give my all to one thing anymore like that. I used to, like, trick myself or, like, maybe blind myself to the fact that that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I justified working hard and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I glorified it. But I didn't really pay much attention to actively caring for myself. Yeah. Well, can I challenge that a little bit? Because I do think that like uh, giving your all, they, you know, when you go to your day job, you have these certain amount of hours that they want you to work. Mm -hmm. I think giving more of yourself, giving too much of yourself would be extending past what's being asked of you. Yeah. It doesn't feel that way. Right? No, when because you're in the middle everybody of it? will tell you to work hard. Of course. No matter like w- what side of, of, like if they're on your team or some company you're working for, mm-hmm. everybody will tell you to work hard. And I think as like dramatic as this like younger generation is about like the quiet quittings and, you know, the things that they won't stand for. I do think it's necessary to have those type of interruptions because we've always been conditioned into thinking that our whole live long day and weeks need to be dedicated to working. Yeah. And that doesn't really allow for many people, no matter what walk of life you're you're from, a 40-hour minimum work week doesn't allow for much of any other boundary to exist because it's like your whole day is dedicated to that. Outside of those 40 hours, it is difficult to to create those boundaries sometimes. Oh, yeah, it definitely can be difficult. And there's obviously like the, what you're talking about, there's the boundaries with work, but mm-hmm. they're outside of that, outside of those 40 hours, there can also be other boundaries that you need to set with people yeah. in friendships, relationships, All with family. All the ships, <laughs> the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Oh my gosh, all of the ships. All of the ships. You know what I know, though? I was what? thinking because I don't, I don't know where the listeners are in their journey of listening to this podcast. But some of the things that we like talk about normalizing, it seems hella simple. But then you're like, okay, so what actually is of this, or what actually is? Because I felt that way about like a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, where I was like, well, what, what actually is it? So in the sense of boundaries, what do you actually consider the definition of a boundary? I guess if I need to define it myself, I think of like, um, this is me coming up with the, de- this is me. I'm pretending you are Webster and you're asking for me and to write it. I need you definition. to submit it and it's yes, due now. It's due. Right. Not even end of day, now. Right, now. When I think of what a boundary is, I think of like um, a bound, me living in my Wow, wow, you're about to lose your job. At- uh, sweetheart, my job is <laughs> done. I, you know that they have me on me. They've muted me out and they've already emailed me We the are going on like- to the next. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, this is, wait. <laughs> I'm still, they're like, you're shuffling no, honey, papers you're around. You're done. Honey, I'm like, please. Um, 
I feel like a boundary is something where in, if it's in a relationship, it's something it's a, up, up to the line of where I'm comfortable or like what feels good to me and healthy. Does that feel right? Do you want to give do you want to give me the real definition? <laughs> I'm fired. You while you receive this pink slip, please collect all your papers that you've been shuffling. I'm collecting them. They're on the <laughs> ground. I'm crying. Listen, here at Miriam, we hate having to consult with other resources. <laughs> we don't call it the full name, just Miriam. Uh-huh. The, the um, on the inside, we just call it Miriam. Um, but you know it as Miriam Webster. But we don't like to consult, and we have had to because of your lack of preparation. Mm, so I we've consulted with with psychology today, and according to them. Boundaries are simply, and that's what we Mm -hmm. needed from you, Adam. Just remember that. Simply the limits we set with other people, which indicate what we find acceptable and unacceptable in their behavior toward us. Okay, I did. I gave a more um, a fluffier definition. Yeah, no, you were in the pocket. You were in the pocket. I was in the pocket. We might actually not give you this pink slip. No, I deserve it because <laughs> I was not prepared. The papers were shuffling. But no, for real, I think that is a strong distinction. The part where it says, which indicate what we find acceptable and unacceptable in their behavior toward us. Mm-hmm. Like that's your own judgment call. I know. And I think that's what makes it so tough to set a boundary. Because also, I think sometimes we feel like, are we, what's the line of me being selfish? What's the line of me being Uh, a good friend? What's the line of, do you know, that's what I deal with. You know, I'm speaking for Those are your own judgments against yourself. But like, if you're only simply, as Psychology Today said, simply setting that limit, Mm -hmm. all the other stuff is just feedback. Yeah. Like you have to actually, and that's what I'm finding in my own journey with boundaries, like with work. Sure, there's probably a lot of times where certain things need to extend beyond a five o'clock or a six o'clock limit that I've set on myself for work. Mm -hmm. But I've seen enough to know that like, unless I actually can save someone's life within that time period, Mm -hmm. I can stop. I can stop this. (laughs) Like there are moments, okay, maybe we're doing a photo shoot or something, a video shoot. Then, of course, I know I have to stay and I can plan against that. Right. But my boundary is when that shoot is done and the work has done, I'm not lingering around. Right. Okay. There, You know what I mean? Like I'm oh, going to set I totally understand. my like, limit. There's a, right. There's a time and a place of when you can overextend yourself or like cross yeah. that. What, what's a normal Or even when frame, you can right? set the boundary itself. Like. Mm-hmm. That's why I respect all these young folks that are like, oh, no, we're not going to stand for this. And like now it's like illegal to be an intern without getting paid. Yeah. I mean, that's I I really admire that because that's totally not the way that like, I don't know. I don't think it's the way that we grew up. (laughs) Heard because it was not. I mean, it was like, yes, I am very happy to be here. I will figure out how I'm going to live. Right. <laughs> Goodbye. See you tomorrow. See you first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- those are boundaries that I have trouble setting. But, you know, Danielle, I'm going to throw something at you. I want your advice. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the boundaries that I have trouble 
setting sometimes is um, sometimes I will overextend myself and then I think sometimes I have trouble saying no. And what are you doing? Like, why are you overextending yourself? I think because I enjoy, I feel like one of my like love languages is like doing acts of service for other people. So I enjoy doing other things for other people. And sometimes I feel like then sometimes those people will kind of expect that from me and not think of it Mm. as I was doing something nice for them. That it's almost like, I'm not going through this right now in this moment, but it's something that I have gone through in my like life and through some friendships. Interesting. And I have a hard time saying no, and I don't like disappointing people. So sometimes if I feel like I don't want to do something, I will still do it. Oh and my I don't gosh. Do it to the, like Adam, I do that constantly. I do it all the time. You're a people pleaser. Please. Yes. Like you can't hold on to that at, in your 30s as you get old. Like it's going to... I know. It's well, not listen, work. there's a lot of things. I didn't think I would get strep throat in my 30s, so it shouldn't look, be that are. far off that I'm people-pleasing. Look, it's probably your people-pleasing manifesting itself in your throat. Oof. <laughs> your throat chakras. My my chakras are, um, they're screaming, they're complaining. <laughs> but you know what it is? is sometimes, I will say no. Like, I, I don't do it all the time, but I still feel that guilt. Like, I well, feel see, a lot of guilt when I that's only because you care it too much about what somebody thinks about you when <laughs> okay good night bye yeah <laughs> when in real in the real you know what really grounds me about that hmm. and the fact that you cannot control it people have opinions about freaking blue ivy carter like yeah. a child who they do not know mm-hmm. who is richer than they could ever imagine to be mm-hmm. and people actually think negative things about her and then also, she's a child. So right. it's like, I you can't even control people's humanity for children. So yeah. what in the world could I do? Like, as myself, Danielle, Adam, out in the world, where you, in, you, you literally cannot control the way somebody feels about you mm-hmm. in general. I guess those feelings, I guess what I'm asking you is somebody who I think is much better at setting boundaries than I am. We hope. Do you do those feelings of like guilt go away, or do, are they always there? But at the like, you know, for me, they go away, but they kind of linger a lot longer than I would like them to. I don't want to feel guilty. I uh, think do, that's, I don't either. Yeah, I think that's just that's you placing so much judgment because it's like a fault is a part as like opposed to responsibility. Mm. And that's what like boundaries and setting boundaries feel like it's a responsibility to protect yourself. It's a responsibility to find value in yourself and who you are and how you are and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm just, this is for me. Yeah. You literally are entitled to say that. Like, and that's why I'm like, you can't really control the uh, thoughts and feelings and the feedback of others, if you consider it just feedback, then it's not something you can attach an emotional thing to, to be like, oh, this can control how I feel about myself. Mm -hmm. You are allowed to have the boundaries because you can't have a healthy relationship with yourself, which is the most important relationship in the world. That's the most important ship in the world. 
is the relationship with yourself. Like you can't have that if you don't have actual boundaries. Because when would you have that relationship? And you are you. You have to keep yourself here, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I will say that the way that I set boundaries is much, 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 I would say like 95% better. But I still have those like, you know, when I say, no, I'm not, I can't do that. Or I actually, you know, don't want to do that or, you know, whatever. If I'm just being honest, I, you know, there are times where I don't want to do something and I'll be like, Ugh, I'll do it. And I end up having a great time. Right. But that's more so like maybe your boundaries of your social meter or something like that. But you know better yes. whether or not like you would feel more miserable in than out. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we're just lazy. Like honestly for myself, <laughs> it's not even a boundary. It's like sometimes I just don't want to go. I mean, that's also something where it's like a hardy, hard to distinguish between the two. Right. Sometimes it does. I mean, it does get tricky because what is that boundary you're setting with yourself to make you feel bad about whether or not you go? Right. Right. Because there's definitely times where I'm like, I don't want to go. And I'll just be like, you know what? Shut the fuck up. Just get ready. Go. (laughs) And I have a great time. And I know I'm going to have a great time. So it's, you know, but there are definitely other times where it's like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't really want to do this. And in the past, I would just suck it up and do it. And I wouldn't enjoy it. Um, Well, because that could just also happen. Right. Of course. But what about like, Being on the, I guess, I don't know if this is the right way to call it, but like the receiving end of someone setting boundaries. Like, do you have a time where like someone has set boundaries and you've had, you know, you were on the other side of it? Uh, I mean, the only time I can think of something like that is like, um, you know, I think one, I'm so afraid that in certain, I think, Oh God, how do I phrase this? I guess what I'm trying to say is that I sometimes would get afraid in the past that people would set these boundaries. So I wouldn't ever like overextend myself. And I think like, you know, the doubts and anxiety sometimes take over and it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, this person is going to get sick of me. So like, I'm not, I'll just wait for them to reach out. And so like, it was me kind of, I guess finding out what their boundary of having me be involved in their life was or if I was overextending myself. But I always kind of played that game of like, of of not forcing myself onto somebody to like get that boundary. And the only time I can think of it is like, being denied, right? Like, uh, like being with somebody and somebody kind of being like, I don't feel the same way. Hmm. See, that's not a boundary. That's just a, a no. Oh, God. See, I don't know what boundaries are at all. So obviously I should lose my job at Merriam and Webster's Dictionary. You are over the place with these boundaries. Honestly, I'm, like, I think about it because I'm I'm with a partner now who is very communicative and also on a very big healing journey in therapy and mm-hmm. open to talking. And it's just, it's really eye-opening and exhausting, but <laughs> it really helps me understand a lot, which like it's opened my eyes in boundary land because there'll be certain times where we're just like, we're just living, we're just talking. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll jokingly say something because as a person who is a naturally funny person, a lot of my communication styles are jokes um, right. or commentary. And my partner told me early in our dating that was like, I don't like that. 
And Oof, I was like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, you don't like me. And they were like trying to explain to me how I am, uh, what do you call it? Like taking it on like a personal attack. Oh, yeah, you're, like, taking it personal. Yeah, and I'm like, well, it's about me, ain't it? And they're like, no, it's about me telling you I just don't want to be communicated with in that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, my whole personal communication style is commentary. And they're like, girl, no, it is not. That's just something that you... (laughs) Okay, you're yes. This that is, is not what, how what you talk. To you you is <laughs> happening to me right now. That's <laughs> not how you actively talk to people. You fool. You just do that because you are a funny person yeah. and you are observing and mm-hmm. you see something and it makes you laugh. So you share that out loud. And I was like, yeah, that's what I do. So I don't mean any harm. And they're like, I didn't say that either. Like I'm right. not calling you a bad person. I'm not calling you abusive, verbally abuse. I'm just literally saying. I just don't like it that you do that. Mm-hmm. So if you could try not to do that with me, that would be great. And I'm like, oh, they are stifling who I am as a human. Yeah. And, and instead, I didn't understand how that was a boundary. And so now I get it. It doesn't change who I am as a person. It's just a consideration that now I need to make based on what they told me. And I have the space to do mm-hmm. the same with them. Oh, if I don't like something, it's not that I'm being petty. Or let me get them back. It's like, oh, you've given me the space now to say, oh, I, I don't I don't like when you do that. Yeah. You know, I guess, okay. Boundaries in that sense, you know, I obviously, I love to joke around with my husband and he is very funny and he'll joke around with me. But I, I think one thing that was kind of probably frustrating for him in the beginning of our relationship is that like at home I might be quiet, but then we'll go out and I'll be like loud and laughing Uh, and telling jokes. And, and it was, um, I think he felt that maybe, uh, I didn't enjoy spending time with him, but in reality, like I, I really felt comfortable with him enough to like be relaxed and maybe not as on. Yeah. Yeah. And in my being not on, you know, he'll like joke around and I'm, I'll be like a baby and like he, he'll joke about something and I'll take it really personally. And so we'll, I'm so, I'm as annoying. Like I am so annoying and we'll have like a conversation about it. I'll be like, I know I'm being so sensitive, but I don't know why, but that hurt my feelings. And he obviously is like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. He's like, I don't need to joke about that stuff. And it'll be like, literally be like, oh, you're, you know, you're, Oh, grumpy or something in the morning, which I am. And grumpy is like <laughs> putting it softly. I'm being mean. And so uh, I think what I'm saying is I, my husband should set boundaries for me. Well, long and short of it, we need yeah, to. Yeah, I think that's what I'm getting to is that people should, people around me should set boundaries. Set boundaries if you know Adam, okay? Because that's the only way it's going to work for y'all. Yeah, it'll pay off. Let's go into setting boundaries around, like, physical. Okay. You know, because I feel Mm -hmm. like there's probably a lot more boundaries that exist within that space. Yeah. I mean, do you have physical boundaries? With my husband and I, we don't really have any, like, any physical 
boundaries. Like if we're in public, I don't know, we're both, I think we're both on the same page that we've never had to like set anything in stone. Like when we're in public, we'll, you know, hold hands and whatever, but like we're not very touchy feely. Yeah. Um, so that's never a conversation that we've like ever had. But obviously like at home, like we'll lay on the couch together and you know, that like stuff, like random stuff like that. But that's not really a conversation that we've had. What about with you and your partner? I just feel like I don't know until I'm there. It, that's like, an amazing way of putting it. You because know what it's, I mean? It's, yes, it's not until you cross that bridge do you realize that it's a conversation. Yeah, like had. there's been certain relationships that I've been in where we cannot keep our hands off each other. I don't mm-hmm. care where we are. Yeah. There have been other relationships where I get the ick if you PDA me. Yeah. And so, and and it's not to say I wasn't physically attracted to this partner, but it was just different. Right. It could be where, what the setting, it can be like where you are in your own sort of journey. It's, there's a lot to it. It's a lot to it. And so I feel like it's hella dependent. I remember one time I was with this guy and we went, we were at this event together. We were in the same uh, industry and at this event and so there was like a lot of mutuals there and we were hella chill inside and then as I was leaving and he was putting me in the Uber he like put one on me on me like just Mm -hmm. tongue everything and I was like ew I was grossed out like nobody was around that's my boo we kiss all the time but like in that moment I was I felt violated in a way that I was like I don't like this yeah so that's what I mean like sometimes it's just like case by case basis Like, my partner now, we spent, like, a lot of our first couple of months, like, in a little bubble Mm -hmm. uh, in our own little world. And, like, when we started emerging and, like, going out, like, a movie or a restaurant or whatever, like, date, it was so funny because we didn't realize how, like, affectionate we were that it needed a little bit of editing. (laughs) Well, also, it's like, like when you start, I'm assuming you guys started in the pandemic. Yes. So when you start in the pandemic, you also don't know what the other one really is like in a public setting. Like, that's yeah, another thing, it's a too. different kind of hurt. Yeah, because there's like so much more intimacy mm-hmm. that I experienced with them. And I didn't even consider the pandemic. But like with people moving around a lot less, that was a, 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 a point of it. And, you know, L.A. shuts down hella early as well. So it's like. We did spend a lot of inside dates, but like I remember one right. of the first times we went out to this wine bar and we were get we walked up to the hostess stand and then we like, you know, went to hold each other. And, you know, my my babe is shorter than me. I'm six feet tall. They're like five five. And so love that. I know. It's very cute. And so we like hugged up on each other. And so they're right in the like their head is where my boobs are. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's very, you know, visually you'll see where, you know, where they are. Yes. And so, like, as we're hugged up, they went to, like, put their mouth on my boob. Because <laughs> that's very natural uh-huh. for them to do. And I was like, hey. <laughs> and they were like, oh, sh- I, like, I, re- I, like, really forgot where I was. That's incredible. So I was like, yeah, we got to, like, but we are that, you know, couple that'll, like, kiss at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and that's I, sweet. That's it's very, very sweet. sweet. But there have been times where I've seen that couple and I've been like, all right, we get it. Oh, you yeah. go together. Like, but all right. But like I was totally doing that yesterday at Air One of all places, mm-hmm. wearing a matching shirt 
with my well, boo. then you were asking for it. That's, a, that's now what here that, I am. You came in to do that performance <laughs> at Air One. If you were wearing matching, not a one clothing. boundary. We were looking at non-dairy creamers kissing. Oh, there's nothing hotter than I was that. like. What am I becoming? Where are You're my becoming boundaries? A performer. I'm a, a performer. I'm at a Air performer. One. <laughs> you know something we were talking about. Um, before we were recording was that I was telling you that sometimes those little things of like, oh, you know, you'll go somewhere and your partner might be teasing you about something. And it's just like, I wish that you wouldn't do that. And you might have to have a conversation about it. Like if that were a friend and not somebody you would be in a relationship with, I it was I told you that, like, you know, I would laugh it off at where the it's friend. So I wouldn't easy be to laugh it off when your friend does something stupid. But why? Because I also will think that, well, I'm getting annoyed and be like, if this was a friend of mine, this wouldn't annoy me. Why is it annoying me right now? Why do I want to, why do I want to, period, dot, 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 <laughs> wear matching outfits at an Air One right now? Why do I want to do that? Because it's your person. You just, yeah. like me and my boo joke, joke all the time. Like we were both never really these people, but like, we want to live in each other's skin. Mm. Wow. Like, it's really... <laughs> that sounds like a medical terminology. It's, it's, a, it's a medical emergency. I love that, what it though. Is. I mean, that sounds beautiful. It does, but it's so annoying and silly. And it's like a lot of my own boundaries are dissipating because this person has infiltrated my my soul. Mm -hmm. And I, I was, I'm just like, okay, I still do... like. My birthday recently, this is the first time I spent my birthday with friends and a partner. Mm -hmm. um, and we did a little getaway Palm Springs moment. And so I was really nervous. Like, not only is this my, my person meeting a lot of my close friends, but all at once. Um, also, I have like the anxiety anxiety of it being my birthday and like yeah oh that can be a lot you know Having setting up this experience for everyone people. at yeah. an experience that's and i was like oh my gosh and i got actually a little nervous as we got closer mm -hmm. and i just as i jokingly do was like <laughs> <laughs> don't embarrass me in palm spring yes you know and this this right. was a text it would have been like lol heart but <laughs> This was in in real life. Right. And I was like, don't embarrass me on Palm Springs. And they were like, wow. Like, it's hurtful that you would even say that. Right. And when, I was like, like if you had said that to me, I'd go, <laughs> like, bitch, I will. I'm not going to <laughs> And it would be like, you, we and would, it would be, be fine. fine. And even yes. if you did, I would be like, she crazy. Right. But with my boo, I would be like, get out of my life. Before yes. <laughs> I do a blow dart across the room and yes, knock that's you out. Right. Like, yeah. do not do it. And and we got into a whole thing. And that was another conversation about boundaries because they were like, those jokes are hurtful because it makes me think that you are embarrassed of me. Why do you think I would embarrass you? Why would mm -hmm. you be with me if I was embarrassing? And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, Oof. I wasn't thinking about that. I was just like, don't embarrass me. I know. And you were just doing it. And it was basically what you were really saying was, I'm nervous about this. Like, and I I'm could nervous have just about said you. that. 
Right. But but it, that's never the way that it comes out because you would come out in a way that like you would want to entertain your friends. And somehow that's it's always like when it's partner to partner, everybody takes it more literally. And when I say everyone, I'm looking at a mirror right now he, and oh, I'm staring at myself. Stare, because I, look into your eyes. I obviously I love to joke around. I mm-hmm. joke about myself all the time. And mm-hmm. then the moment that I might not be in the right mood and my husband will say something and I'll be like you literally think that about me how could you and he's like no what are you talking about yes it's so crazy because the thing about boundaries is that and and that's why i was like ooing and eyeing at you looking in the mirror just dig into your own eyeballs adam because you need to know yourself there's such Mm. a big part of setting a boundary that relies on yourself knowing yourself and what it actually takes to care for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I I ran across this book mm-hmm. by Dr. Rebecca Ray about setting boundaries. And it's called literally setting boundaries, colon, care for yourself and stop being controlled by others. Adam, you didn't even know because you're not setting your boundaries, you're being controlled by yeah. others. Well, and that in makes this, sense. <laughs> You have to know know thyself. So in Mm -hmm. this book, Dr. Ray says that you have to identify your boundaries, which is step one. And when they have been crossed, which is a big part of it, because that's when you know, okay, I've set something and somebody has gone beyond that. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Boundary cross. And then you have to recognize patterns and habits that have failed to support you to feel empowered. Because that's the whole point of the boundary, Mm -hmm. to empower yourself, to support yourself, to care for yourself. She also says you engage in difficult conversations from a place of strength and self-kindness. Now, I'm going to stop because I have one more. But that one is one that I feel like should be sticking with you because people that don't set boundaries or admit that they don't have hard times with difficult conversations. You know, what I will say is I'm I'm not bad. I'm pretty good at having these difficult conversations and talking about my feelings. I am. And you know what? I I had a friend who was one of the best people I've ever met who was one of the best apologizers. Mm. And this person would sometimes say something that was beautiful. Quality. It was was an amazing quality that this person had. And, And, um, they would sometimes say something that might be a little off that they thought was funny in like a group setting and everybody would think it would be off. Or might they might do something that might not feel very kind. But this person always, no matter who it was, and you know, it happened to them every once in a while. I feel like we all know somebody who's like, uh, oh God, what are they doing? And so <laughs> with this person, it would happen every once in a while. And what I really admired was that they would always, if not in person, but call the person who they might have had a, you know, a little thing with uh-huh. and straight up be like, hi, I remember I did that thing. And um, I think that that hurt your feelings. And I just wanted to call you and, and apologize and say that I'm I'm sorry that I did that. And it was just so upfront about it that um, I really admired that. So when I've had situations where I think maybe I made somebody feel bad or if I did something, I you know, unintentionally or forgot something or, you know, didn't 
reach out when I felt like I should have. I'm always really, really upfront about the way that I'm feeling and if I'm sorry or if whatever. But I, having that relationship really helped me to have those difficult conversations because all, all of a sudden it was like the tension I could see is just like, it's gone. It's yeah. just, it, it, it breaks it immediately. Hmm. And that's what it's, you need. Yes, you need you need it. You you, you need it. That's need a, that. that's a lot of letting go, but that's also her own boundaries. That person's own boundaries of being like, I don't want to walk around holding on to something that where I could at least release myself by apologizing. Absolutely, yes. She better do it. She did it. <laughs> <laughs> she did well, it. She did it multiple times that she had to apologize. So it was kind of give and take with that person. Kind of, yeah, because it's really tough to be with people who are that honest and truthful. Not everybody wants to deal with that level of True. of realness. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the in the sense of Dr. Ray saying that we need to be able to engage in these difficult conversations from a place of strength and self-kindness. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to people out there listening to to dump like to jump into these conversations, these difficult conversations? Uh, well, I think obviously anybody listening is going, Adam. Uh, are you the most qualified person after hearing <laughs> you don't your know ass nothing about no boundaries? Get on out of here. But I will say in my own experience that um, if something bothers me, it, I have learned that saying it right away in a way that like, hey, I'm not I'm not mad that this happened, but I don't like that. And can we avoid that in the future? As I've gotten older, I've been really good about having those conversations. I don't have them every time I should. I don't, I'm not always the quickest to have that conversation, but I do have it. And what I will say is the f- quicker it happens, the better off everybody is because it's, if you have it immediately, it's done and it's over with. And the longer you wait, the the longer that kind of like residual of like, oh God, you've been thinking about that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like smoke takes to settle. Um, <laughs> so my advice is that if you feel something, just say it right away, get it over with and you can move on. That's it. Right? Let Let the boundaries set. And move on. And move on. That's yeah. it. Because uh, honestly, Dr. Ray says you can't even be your most loving and fulfilled and authentic self without setting boundaries. Do you believe that? I 100% I believe that. I yeah. really do. I think that is like something that you need to tattoo on your heart. Yeah. I mean, if you if you aren't feeling your best, you can't give your best. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not being honest, it's going to be hard for you to be honest with other people. Look, set the boundaries and let the chips fall where they may. Just let it burn behind you. Burn. On fire. All right, Danielle. Mm-hmm. What about boundaries are we going to normalize? Uh, you know me. She's know learning. You. She's growing. She's setting her boundaries for the first time ever Um, in, in my late 30s. So I say we need to normalize boundaries, period. Yeah, yeah, we do. We should do that. Maintain them, guard them ferociously with big dogs Mm -hmm. because they are protecting everything. I mean, they protect who we are. They protect our peace of mind. They protect how we interact with people. Mm -hmm. You have to show people and tell them how to treat you. I do believe that. 
Oh, I believe it too. It can be really uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. To do that. Yes. It is. It's so crazy because a lot does go back to um work for me because I, I learn a lot of things through that environment. But I've been working alongside this woman who does not know how to set boundaries at all. And she agonizes her way through work all day long to the point of tears um, because she feels inadequate or she tries to do certain things in her personal life, but she feels like she can't because work. And I'm just like, oh no, honey, there's no no way in this world ever that I'm going to allow my job not to allow me a life. Yeah. And especially the type of job that we're doing, There are people out there, Adam, who are indeed curing cancer as we speak. Mm -hmm. That's not me or that girl. So none of the (laughs) it's you. That's what I'm doing. Listen, none of the (laughs) things that me and her could do on a daily basis need to be that urgent Mm -hmm. to where it is causing me anxiety or causing me to feel like I can't go home to visit my family or or making me feel like I need to uproot my entire life for this thing. And she does not understand that boundaries allow for her to have the life she wants to have. So I've seen how uncomfortable I've been there with my own self. Mm -hmm. Just like not telling someone at work that I don't do this. And, you know, recently (laughs) we had this opportunity come up where um, we were supposed to do this interview over the weekend. And I just decided, no, no. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Like, I was going to deal with whatever the blowback was, but it's a Saturday. It can be really, really hard to kind of, to to set those boundaries. And I mean, I'm so bad at it, but in the times that I have set them, I'm always so grateful for it. Yeah, same. It always reminds me that I get to choose. Mm -hmm. And the person can go with it or they cannot go with it. But at the end of the day, you're like, well, this is what it is. Right. Normally, I choose chaos instead of my own sanity. Oh, my gosh. I could say that about work. I've learned to do boundaries here. But when it comes to, like, my relationship, like, setting boundaries there or having boundaries set or having my partner tell me, like, oh, I didn't like this. Oh, my God. I feel personally attacked. I know. So I need to learn how to not allow those type of boundaries to become personal. Mm Mm-hmm can't take it personally. No, it can feel personal, but it's not. Setting boundaries is 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 for the best. It is for the best. Well, what about you, Adam? What do you want to normalize when it comes to boundaries? Well, I want to normalize and I need to do this more in my life is telling someone when they've crossed a line. See, and- that's some kind of boundaries that I feel like, ah, Right. And I feel like we should normalize being able to have those conversations. Sometimes if if you have somebody in your life who I feel like constantly is crossing those lines, mm-hmm. th- that's a different issue. But you have to draw a line somewhere and the, you need to tell them that that, lo- that line has been drawn. Yeah. And it has to have some, I mean, I guess you don't have to justify why you need this boundary, but... No, and it doesn't need to be confrontational. No, it just needs to work for you. Yes. Boundaries can sound kind of selfish. Well, they can, but if you think of it like, you know, looking outside, looking at that girl that you work with, it feels so clear to us who's not in her shoes. Yeah, that I'm like, oh no, you should try this. 
Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. It feels when you see somebody who needs to set boundaries, it's so easy to be like, it, it, it would serve that person so much better if they were able to do that. And so in, in my life, when I feel like there's, there's boundaries that I need to set, I always have to kind of take it from the perspective of like, I'm not me. Like, do I feel like this is really going to be helpful? And obviously it is. Yeah. It always ends up being the most helpful because then that person knows mm-hmm. going forward. Oh, oh, okay. That's how Adam gets down. Yeah. And it's, it's not personal. Not personal, boo-boo. Get over it and get behind my boundary. Get behind the line. <laughs> Anyway, Adam, you know where I'm trying to go next? I do. You're trying to go to our favorite segment. Well, it's first of all, I always say this. It's our we only have two segments. So it's <laughs> what Adam is talking about is the favorite part of the show. Mm-hmm. Keep it Get or, or curb curb it. it. <sighs> For you first that. timers, I know a little jazz at the end. The first timers out there, if you've never listened, first of all, so glad to be in your ears. Mm-hmm. It's cozy in here. The segment is where we take a look at new social trends and decide if they're worth keeping with a K, <laughs> capital K, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> italicize and underline, or should we kick it in the booty to the curb if you don't get my drift? So, I got it. You got, I got it. Your Do you drift. see the Louis Vuitton boot that I kicked it to the curb with? I did. Boot gorgeous. Trash. Thank you. Horrible. Love it. Thank you. So let's get into it. All right. What's our first one? According to Pew 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 Research, our favorite, our favorite. researchers out there, mm-hmm. home births rose 19% in 2020 okay. as the pandemic slapped us in the face all mm-hmm. across the world, but here in the U.S. Between 2019 and 2020, the number of home births increased amongst most demographic groups. However, the growth was greatest amongst Black and Hispanic women with mm-hmm. increases of 32 and 28% respectively. So, uh, Adam, I, are, I we don't... Given... <laughs> no, okay. are we this giving is... birth at the house no. or somewhere else? I would like for you to not give birth at home, but listen, I I don't have... There are worse I, places. There are. There's outside. There's on a plane. Oh my God, there's in a birth. taxi cab. That happened but you know what? Dramas. Oh, really? Yeah, she lived in New York at the time we both did, and she was on her way. Second baby, he was coming, and she oh barely made God. it out of the cab. Yeah. Wow. What a day for that cab driver. <laughs> what a day. And it was probably just another day in New York. Like, what you can't do is ask, like, the birth-giving mother to be like, oh, can you, like, wipe up that freaking birth amniotic fluid? sack? Yeah. Oh, don't forget your um, sack on the way out. <laughs> Girl, I see the head, but should I send the bill? Or <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know. Home births, while I find them to be spiritually connected, grounded, and beautiful. Uh-huh. I've seen them have, not like I've been in the home, but I've seen people, you know, do them and things on social media and YouTube and things. And it's like, I get it. Because 
women were doing that in times where, you know, the doctor would have to make the house call or, yeah, and, and, and there's it. been doulas for I don't even know how long. Right. And the most famous is Doula Lipa. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, a famous doula is Erica Badu. I knew that. Could you imagine Erica Badu welcoming your baby into the world? Um, yeah, I can. I actually really can. What an angel vape. Like yeah. the face, the voice, the eyeballs. Um, and I actually know someone who <laughs> Erica Badu was her doula in her home birth. Oh, you oh. Yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah. She uh she's an uh editor. So not a friend, but someone who I, I know her, I know her work. She saw Erica Badu her work. Good night, everyone. I don't um, know. <laughs> <laughs> she, she saw Erica. Everyone Badu just stopped listening. I'm, it's, there's something there. There's something there. If we, when we will workshop it, not but on don't the podcast. Keep doing this. Yes. No. 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 I'm. I'm done. I'm also thinking. Um. I don't want to go to the bathroom and come out a mother. Okay. That's just what I'm thinking. That's not how easy it is. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we did see Kourtney Kardashian pull her baby out of her vagina that one time. Yeah. Did you see that clip? No. I think it was her first one, too, to be honest. Really? Um, There is a clip on the internet. Yeah, it was on the Kardashian show, so it's definitely out there. Um, oh, of then Courtney, I definitely need to research this. Courtney literally pulling one of her babies out of her vagina. Oh, my God. Like a tampon? If Technically, yes. <laughs> the same <laughs> That's motion. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. <laughs> all I needed was a technical, She gave yes. birth. Literally, it was very... Very, um, wow, what a thing the body can do. Yeah. Um, well, but you know what? What are your thoughts? Go ahead, please. It's where, I mean, people make their decisions on where to give birth based on their own personal choices, right? Uh And I know that there's probably so many home birthing people who don't want to be around the sterility and just the coldness of a hospital Mm -hmm. or they don't want their like and i mean sterile as in like figuratively speaking not like actually sterile because they still have to be sterile at home Mm -hmm. um but like there's people that just want that comfort and that softness and that connection of being home and and i get it but it's like childbirth is one of those very anything medical is always there's a risk of of Staying or going, you know? Yeah. And <clears throat> That's what I'm thinking. That's along the lines of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Right? Childbirth is one of those things that's like, you never know what could happen. Right. You never know. You and could then, actually have a baby. Yeah. And doulas are not doctors. Right. You know? And so. And doctors are not doulas is what <laughs> I always tell my doctor. Mm. Well, you're not a doula. So don't try to be one. Right. Um, so and I do feel like you just never be know. One. And in that sense, you would just need just the safety of knowing that there is someone with medical training that can help. Yes. It just it feels all a little prehistoric to me. It just feels There's too I many lives it, at stake at yes, once. Yes. I think that just the security of knowing that there's um, if something were to happen, that there's somebody there that could take care of me. If I yeah. was like a, a person who could give birth to a child, I immediately would be like epidural my ass the fuck down. Yeah, I don't want to feel. I don't want to feel my ass. I don't want to feel my feet. I don't want to feel. Well, here's anything. the thing: we don't care what you have to say about it because you don't have those parts. 
That's true. <laughs> and this is just me asking a doctor now. But the give, but, me, an give me an epidural. But you know what the thing is? When I was, you know, this research is a, is according to after pandemic, you know, pandemic mm-hmm. times having the rise in home births, and that's also like a safety thing. Like the hospital is that place where the, it is a cesspool, honey. Like it is right. not probably the safest place to like push out a newborn baby with everything happening with everything is being catchable so it makes sense in the air. It makes so sense. it's like kind of i don't know it's kind of give and take like do i want to push my baby out at this hospital right now where the world is a whole virus at one time yeah right i don't know but i mean as as far as me in my house i would much rather give birth in a hospital but i also think this is very conditional so i don't even know if i'm keeping it or curbing it i might be recycling it i'm gonna put it in a bin i'm binning it because but don't drive away I, with it no i'm binning it because i don't like the sound of it i wish there were medical professionals around for you if something happened but i also don't know what the fuck i'm talking about as usual yeah bin all right, so what's up next? Do you have a keep it or curb it? I have a keep it or curb it. So are you ready, Danielle? I'm always ready. Okay, one of the biggest documentaries of 2022 was Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. Oh, so, that was so good. I haven't seen it and I've been wanting to see oh, it. Oh, it's Mantateo. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's okay. So Manti Teo, he's a star football player. He was duped into thinking that his internet girlfriend was uh, a real person. She died of cancer. Mm-hmm. Lene. Um, so a lot has been said about this. A lot of people were talking about this. I still haven't seen. I still need to see it. Um, but something interesting was that Naya, who was the catfisher, the catfish. she, was, she was willing to speak candidly about a lot of the details of their years-long saga. She so was. Danielle, thoughts? Oh. I'm ready. Oh, my God. This podcast always digs into my deepest, darkest secrets of my soul. Which is exactly why we have it. (sighs) Normalizing catfishers coming clean. Listen, I would not want my catfishing, like, put on a documentary for the world to, like, see me come clean. Uh But I, oh, my God, I've catfished before. Uh, To what extent? I have pretended to be at least three different people in in the days of MySpace. And um, there was a couple other like social like networking sites that were like children of MySpace. But like, yeah, across those sites, I would like create fake profiles from like some fantasy girl of like pictures that I could like drum up on Tumblr. Uh Uh-huh. Oh my God, so I'm so embarrassed. You, I mean, this is so long ago. It's so we're long speaking ago. speaking like MySpace days. So what was the, what was your um? Yeah, this goal? is like, I mean, was there even a goal or was it just sort of like kind of living goals. in the- There were goals. There were goals for sure. Okay. I think, you know, also it was a time where catfishing was uh, a lot more Brand doable. New. Yeah, because yeah. like it wasn't, there was no FaceTime. There were no iPhones. This was like webcam and you could yeah. get away because not a lot of people had webcam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Wi-Fi didn't exist. You literally had to like connect to Dial the Ethernet. Internet. Yeah. So it was just like a lot of factors that helped you just to just chat on the phone. But my goal, and this is, it just sounds so sad. And if you've ever watched any of those 
um, episodes of Catfish on MTV where you've seen a lot of the reveals be like plus size people or, you know, or people that aren't conventionally, quote unquote, beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's sad because I identify with those people because I just literally wanted to feel loved. I Uh wanted to like all the love that these beautiful women would get from men across the Internet. It was like. Dang, I want I want somebody to feel that way about me because they don't look at me and they don't see me. They just automatically dismiss me because of my size. And I remember there was one of the sites that I was on as myself. Mm-hmm. And they the site had this ability to like, you can talk to people on their profiles or whatever, but they also had like public forums. And there was a public forum that was like the X amount of ugliest girls across this site. And I made the list as one of the ugliest girls on the site. And I was so hurt by that. Oh, that's so um, awful. And they and also, also used one of my so pictures. Crazy. That I, it was so You're crazy. So, I'm so gorgeous. So, you are so gorgeous. That's so crazy. So, that's yeah. so wild. And they also used one of my pictures that I was like, that I liked the most. Um, oh, and, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. And it I was, hate that. I, it, I have definitely healed from that, but it was so hurtful. And it really like catalyzed a lot of like the pretending that I did uh-huh. on the internet. And I even found myself like developing a relationship with a guy based on some of those uh, fake pictures. And mm-hmm. just like I ended up coming clean and it was really hurtful and embarrassing for myself, but it wasn't worth it to keep like emotionally like tying myself to someone and making them emotional over me. Right. And so it's just like, I I, I came clean and it was, I don't know. It was a, a moment in time that I do wish didn't happen because I feel so sad about like why I did it and like just the manipulation of, of being with someone that wasn't. And then they thought that I was someone that I wasn't, but I was being my full self, which is crazy. Right. Right. But it was just, it's it's gross behavior. Right. But it's, I mean. But there's love. There's like the yearning of love at the crux of it, which is why I was like, if you've, it's not from a bad place. Yeah. So if you You ever watch those catfish episodes, you see that that's what those people are typically, like their reaction is like, I know it's, or some of them are smug, but like, I get it. And you like, the reason why I did this is because I did want somebody that beautiful to love me. Mm Mm-hmm. It's sad. Ugh. But, you know, I'm going to keep catfishers coming clean. I'm going to keep it, too. Because, um, and also, you know what? I feel like because we live in a day and age where it's, it's I, I, I don't know if anybody could truly catfish. You can't really get away with that no. today. Like, it would be. You can be reverse a, search images. You can it's way too, do everything. Like, it's way too much easy accessibility to proving you are who you are. Yeah. But I think catfishing might still very much exist because the show is still on MTV. I know. Neve I, I mean, and Cammy are still out here getting exposing. cable paychecks. So they are doing fine. <laughs> Catfishers are still out here, but please come clean. Stop it. Yes. Come come clean. We're, 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 we're clean. Be yourself. That. Be yes. yourself. Okay, Adam, you ready for this next one? Danielle, I am always. It's one of your favorite things. It's lifestyle. And you know how mm, I, I, I know how lifestyle. you feel about lifestyle. I feel good about it. So, Adam, you're tucked in a bed. Imagine it. Yeah. With a stuffed animal. Okay. In your imagination, are you a grown-up or you're a kid? I'm a child. Me too. Isn't that crazy? 
Yeah. <laughs> I immediately saw myself as a kid with a stuffed animal with footy pajamas on. Mm-hmm. Very cute and adorable. There's drool. Very I'm drooling cute. everywhere. Yes. Because that's what I do. Right. I'm blotting it up. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, according to a study by sleep industry expert, Sleep Papalopopolis. Oh my God. My favorite. <laughs> Whenever I have anything that comes to sleep, I'm always hitting Sleep <laughs> Sleepopolis. So, okay, so Sleepopolis thinks that out of 2,000 adults, because uh-huh. they talk to that many grownups, okay. 34% still snuggle with a stuffed animal, blanket, or other anxiety-reducing sentimental item. Mm-hmm. So, as an adult, Adam, do you sleep with any of these things? Stuffed animal, a blanket, an anxiety-reducing sentimental item of sorts? No, I don't. And I think, okay, I, to be fair, I, when I was younger, like, traveled and moved a lot. So, like, I think... You're not attached kind of, to anything? Yeah, like, I just didn't get attached to anything or just didn't... And, and it was just... World. I It was just me. Sleeping it rogue. It was just... I was just sleeping rogue. Fall yeah, asleep wherever, whenever. Whenever I'm allowed, <laughs> I'm out. I mean, I don't have anything. I know people that do. Mm-hmm. I will say that if I were with somebody that had something that they couldn't sleep with, sleep without, whether it be like a stuffed animal, I would think that it would be weird. I, I mean, there are a lot of things that I would imagine that this person has not let go of. Yeah, it and seems I, like that the, is a bigger fish that I would have to yeah. figure out how to fry because I don't know if I've ever experienced any adult relationship or any relation. Well, you know, I've only dated as an adult. <laughs> I didn't date when I was a teenager and stuff, but like in a, a relationship where I'm like in a bed with someone, I've never experienced a partner needing like a sleeping crutch. Yeah, no, that feels like one step away from binky. It's like, giving binky. It is giving mama. <laughs> yeah. It's giving like I might wet the bed. Like I don't, it's like oh, up in the air. No offense to people who bed. need their, their stuff to sleep. But I honestly have never met any other adult, not even friendship wise. I have things from my childhood that have sentimental value that like were in my bedroom. Like I have stuffed little stuffed animals but oh. like i have them away like they're not they're not out. like a thing that you need to sleep with and it's like N- no and they're almost like old as old yeah. as you yeah and i feel like i've seen things on tiktok of like some of i saw some girl who like needed to sleep with her blanket that she got like as a baby and it's basically looks like four shoelaces together <laughs> and it's like so disgusting and i'm like you probably because, sleep like, better you can't possibly hold on to a blanket for 37 years honestly danielle it feels dangerous it feels like <laughs> it, it's it's giving turtles getting trapped in a soda can thing it like that's just one step away from that and i'm almost like you should not sleep with it it's four shoelaces she needs a boundary point. that girl yeah, she needs a boundary. And I think a tetanus shot because the thing looks it's, disgusting. It's not going to happen. I am definitely curbing adults sleeping with, not to judge y'all, like do what you want. But in, in me and my house, we just going to go to bed. Yeah, we're just going to bed here. I'm curbing that. Curbed all the way to the curb. Oh my gosh, Adam. Danielle, we did it, I think. I think we have. We've come to the end of yet another delicious episode that you can just cut with a knife and fork. Yeah. As usual. 
As usual. As usual. What was your favorite takeaway from this episode? Um, I loved talking about setting boundaries. I thought that and was And discovering great. that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, and I don't know what they are. And I just keep, I just kind of willy-nilly around whatever, <laughs> you know? That's what I loved. I loved that I don't know. And Life I just, that I'm afraid, I'm not afraid to not know. Yeah, what are you afraid of not knowing about yourself out there, listener? Have you confronted yourself? Are you still looking in the mirror at your own eyeballs? Mm-hmm. Be honest. You, I really hope you are like looking at yourself in the mirror the whole time you're listening to this episode. I am. <laughs> I know I haven't broke eye contact yet. No, haven't t- haven't blinked once, <laughs> and I don't plan on it. <laughs> so, Adam, I gotta say, for me, my biggest takeaway about this episode is leaning into these difficult conversations that can help Mm -hmm. us set these boundaries. Dr. Rebecca Ray was not playing with us. No, she wasn't. And I think that she's obviously correct. And like I was saying earlier, like those conversations are, whether they're with your partner, with family members, or in regards to your work, those are the conversations I feel that are the most important to helping you set those boundaries. And you said it best Mm. that you don't know until you're there. You don't really know that you need to set that boundary until you're there. And not for nothing. Setting the boundaries are very important, but it starts with knowing who you are so that you can know what you feel and be clear about that so that you can set those boundaries and understand how to protect yourself and how to love on yourself. Because you can't be whole and you can't be fulfilled if you ain't got your boundaries set. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So that's our time for today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so glad that y'all were listening and connecting with yourself, looking into your own eyeballs. Make sure that you stay looking into your own eyeballs as you rate, comment, and subscribe about this beautiful Normalize This podcast. Yes, Wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Do that. And then also reach out to us on social media. Your girl is at the Danielle Young on Instagram and at Repto Danny on Twitter. Adam, where you at? I'm at Adam Rip on Instagram and at Adam Ripon on Twitter. Very easy to find and stalk Adam. Please do that. Please. And, <laughs> please. Please, please, please. please. Yes. Um, let us know what you think not only about the podcast, but what we should normalize and any other topics that we should pontificate over. And that's it, y'all. Until next time, we will see you on Normalize This. Until then, do not sleep with teddy bears and blankets that look like shoestrings. Please. Like, grow up. Yeah. At this point. Respectfully. It's for your own good. Everybody would be happier. Yes. Okay. With that, bye. Set your boundaries. Hey, listeners, we want to hear from you. Make sure you're following at Make Spring Hill on all platforms for weekly show updates.